good people. It's Reg. It's Stone. And it's the Taylor Swift Tower. Right Again. Now, we're going to go straight through. <laughs> Again. Playing Holy Hits. <laughs> 1989, you know, where it's full Swifties, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the goddess, you know, the, 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 the avian goddess, <laughs> the blonde haired <laughs> alabaster god is releasing her new album on Friday. And we, we wait with bated breath for, for, the, for the jams. Do we? The, 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 the fucking hits, you know what I'm saying? Do we? I'll be out there, you know, late night, hopping into my Subaru, you know, playing that fucking Spotify playlist loud while I drive to the Lululemon, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Chilling. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah no it's uh as usual you know we we're talking about Taylor Swift again I know I feel like but it, there's reasons why there's reasons why and there's bigger implications here for other artists I will bring this whole I will bring this back so that way <laughs> everybody who hates Taylor Swift like we definitely don't we love Taylor Swift too uh, you know do I know you fam I don't know I want, like it's like one step away <laughs> from the we and one step away from the we <laughs> But uh, long story short, her new album's dropping on Friday, so we'll hear how it is when it actually comes out. But uh, the reason why I bring up Taylor Swift was because she's going to have an interview on CBS this morning where they asked her shit up what she's going to do about the whole masters issue. So to kind of give you some background, um, her masters were owned by her old record label, which got brought by her quote-unquote enemy, uh, Scooter Braun. And she was very taken aback, like, how you can take my masters, yada, 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 this and that. So she basically claimed that she's going to re-record all those songs to basically release them herself. So it's it has some precedence. Um, we were discussing uh, probably one of the best, saddest one, R&B Wonderkins ever, JoJo, from like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, great debut album. You know, I won't necessarily say Blue, Blue Eyed Soul, but... She was a, a young Caucasian woman who was doing R&B at a very high level, who was very promising. And holy shit, major label troubles so bad that I remember the New York Times had to write up. Like she became basically like a, like just a, a warning to all young artists out there. So she recently re-recorded her tracks because I was wondering, because I remember maybe a year or two ago, she was like, the, the songs are out there again. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Apparently what she actually did was went back and re-recorded it and put it out herself, which good for her. But um. It's just kind of interesting, which I find is because, A, you know, looking at Taylor Swift, looking at JoJo, you've got these two pop-adjacent artists, mm-hmm. and you've got one huge, one definitely not so huge, and they're basically forced to kind of use these tactics to kind of hopefully get some of their art back and kind of get more control and ultimately get more money from the system. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's really, it's really fucked up, but, you know, I'm glad to see Taylor Swift, like, taking that move, like... No, it's it's not a bad move. Yeah, you know, it, it. I I I'm happy when I see artists, you know, taking control. Like you said, con- taking control of their art. And Taylor Swift can do this at such a massive scale that I think her true fans will once you know they see it pop up on wherever streaming service or whatever and say this is a Taylor Swift original. Her true fans are going to flock to it, and she's going to get the streams. Yeah. And she's going to get the royalties, and she's going to get a hundred percent control. And I can't be mad at that. You know, I can't be I can't be mad at that at all. Um, you know, it's really sad where it has to come to this. Um, but I'm glad that this loophole exists because, like you said, like JoJo, uh, I think Kesha did that um, with some of her songs. I believe Kelly Clarkson 
did that as well, but like, don't quote me on that and I, don't look at the Wikipedia. But Ozzy Osbourne did it a couple of years ago. Yeah, also, like yeah. a couple of decades ago. It, it's it's been. I won't say it's it's basically like a last resort. If you if you're an artist of means to kind of do it, you have to have the money to record it and everything else. But yeah, if you're kind of forced in that corner, it's an option. It's a fucked up option. It's it's you know it, it's a place of where you know, and like you said, it's the, I I think what's good about Taylor Swift is she's in a space of where. You know, she's popular enough where, like you said, if you put a little bit, you know, 2019 Swifty version, that her fan base will will support that. You know, she's got enough pull where, you know, because apparently, you know how she has a copyright and apparently she does have veto power over if it gets used or licensed. Mm. She could basically, you know, kill that. Like, you know, if it's like, oh, we want to put it in the new Fast and the Furious movie, she could basically say no. You can't use the Scooter Braun version. You have to use my version, which is cool. Yeah. And that's awesome. The only thing is you kind of wish where, you know, this is a good stand. I just kind of wish it was more industry-wide, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, 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 you know, I'm sure record company lawyers are now looking at how to close the loophole. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm sure there's a, some smoky-ass room on Madison Avenue where they're, like, they're like looking at this article and being like, oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah. You know, how how can we, like, you know, take power away from this young female? Yeah. Um, and, and then to kind of explain it, basically, it's like you've got two, you've got, actually, you've got many prongs the way the kind of music, the music business works. But to kind of put it very simply, you've got, like, you've got the performance and you've got the songwriting. So because she wrote the song and it's her song and it's her composition, like, she kind of gets money here. But the thing is, the actual performance, direct label based skills, hence the masters. So that's how she's able to kind of get around this loophole. But like you're right, usually there's a there's a there's a there's a clause that works like for like five years. You can't make another version of the song, yada 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 yada. Yeah. But you know now they're gonna make it like fucking you know two hundred years or some shit like that. Yeah, I remember that, like there's there's one artist too where um, I forgot who like artists from the eighties where like they they like had a song that they have no rights to and they perform the song a lot because you know it's like a top 10 hit or whatever uh-huh. and then every time like that song is performed or whatnot like the people who who have all the rights get like a majority of the share of the money which oh, is wow. which is kind of crazy yeah. you know um and there's just, like the difference between like m- like performance royalties and um songwriting royalties which i believe are called mechanicals um and it's, it's a crazy crazy world i remember going to like a session about it and like for like three hours and it twisted my head in terms of like you know what is what and what you know like what are the differences and things like that and it's just you know if you're a 15 year old singer songwriter rapper or whatever you're not going to know what you're signing and you're not going to know what the difference is between performance and mechanical royalties yeah not, not at all <laughs> so so yeah it's it's you know like i said you know this is uh i'm glad that taylor is doing this and Maybe she'll be at the point where she can figure out how to, you know, teach others how to do it, teach others how to, like, you know, like, maybe she can figure out a way how to scale this, you know, yeah. and just, like, empower other artists who are in the same situation. Yeah, and it's weird, because, like, like she's kind of, it's, even this I'm old rollout kind of shows you how big she is, because, like, yesterday, not yesterday, like, like a couple of days ago, I go and I pick my mail up, and there's an Amazon package, and she's all over my fucking Amazon package. They've made basically made Amazon boxes <laughs> of Taylor Swift's image to kind of push this album. 
So it kind of shows you like, how omnipresent, how or like what uh, her tentacles are everywhere. Type Bro, of I, I saw that my my neighbor ordered an Amazon package and I saw that. And I was like, oh, my neighbor is like a huge Taylor Swift fan, apparently. <laughs> I didn't know that was all Amazon packages. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I'm somebody where I've got a little frail, toxic masculinity in me. So I was like, all right, let me go get this Taylor Swift package. You know, I kind of picked it up and, you know, the little extra flex, you know, trying to make sure I still look manly, manly. Yeah, because you have somebody that hands you your package, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you so, had like, He's looking you know. at me. I'm looking at him. We're both in our toxic masculinities. And, I, you know, I grabbed that box and I gave a strong, firm handshake to him. And I walked upstairs to play my Taylor Swift record. <laughs> but it's weird because even those rollouts make me wonder because it's like in the era of the sudden, like, 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 and we're going to get to this soon, but like Little Brother, right? Little Brother's like, hey, bitch, we have a new album out. Pff, album's out. End of story. So it's weird to have like in an era of where the drop, the sudden drop is a big deal. It's weird to have this album rollout, which feels like it's been going on for like fucking literally all summer. But but that's what Taylor is. She's she's very much an old school marketing person. I mean, she's a person that didn't have her tracks on streaming media for a long time. Oh yeah, you're right. You know, she's very much like let's partner with Target, let's have partner with Amazon, let's partner with Walmart for these releases, because. No, like that's where her fan base is. You know, her fans fans are or like like she gets a lot she sells a lot of physical media, a lot of CDs. Like people her fans will actually buy physical CDs. <laughs> Which seems quaint. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. I mean it's, it's 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 like even when I say this in twenty nineteen, it's just kind of like, uh, oh damn, like that that's the thing. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that she's doing that. It, you know, it's it's, it's kind of interesting because I know she did like an Amazon Prime Day concert. And, yeah, you know, it, to me, it's it, it's a little hokey. It's a little unbecoming. Um, like, like, and we we may throw our digs at Taylor Swift overall, but in general, she's somebody where she's very popular. She's huge. She sells X amount of records. Like on paper. I respect what she's done. I respect the hustle. And I respect the song craft. She's somebody she's very accomplished. She's not, you know, the, the algorithm made. She's generally an artist. But it's so it's weird to have somebody like that huge kind of still do these like ye old carnival, you know, like it's something yeah. I expect from like Selena Gomez or something. You know but, what I'm saying? But you know, you know what it is? So Shout like, Selena Gomez, look, her, her popularity is waning and her impact on the culture is waning. And I think when, say, a, you know, Taylor Swift is almost like Walmart, right? Like Walmart sees that their sales are going down or their stock is going down. They're going to kind of double down on what they know. And I feel like that's what Taylor, Taylor Swift is doing now. It's like, we're going to double down on what we know. We know that these large, like, launches with multinational retailers has, like, given us success in the past. We're going to try this again, you know, for this release. And whether it works or not, like, who knows? But I'm not surprised that they went with that track. I, I don't think they, like, her or her team knows how to deal with the 2019 era, right? Like, she, you know, doesn't know how to deal with social media, you know, doesn't know how to deal with streaming, doesn't know how to deal with, like, you know, all the things that, like, make a successful, like, 2019 artist or a 2018 artist. So, you know, you have to you know just go what you know so and it's weird because i just realized she basically decided the, the whole reason why this we even had a discussion was because she went on cba sunday morning like who whose fan base and pop music <laughs> I, I watch cbs sunday morning I, we're both watched though so do i 
But we're not her, we're not Swifties. It's like one of those weird things no, I watch. I get it. You know, I get. I, I, like, I'm there in the morning having my know, little tea, maybe a little espresso. You know, like, a little, have a little. I, I heat up my little bagel. You know, I get in my. You know, wake up, watch my little TV, catch up on the world news. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's like I mean, look, it's like it's. You know, I don't know. You know, like I pick up a Reader's Digest exactly. You from know, time to time, it's I, just you know. I do something. I'm economist. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Check out a little of those Hong Kong protests. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we stand like, strong. Like, you know. I, you know, I do some like old white man things no, no, we, once I, in a while. I, I feel like we all do. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I am absolutely... Look, we're, I'm drinking my little IPA here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> about to go play hacky sack in a little bit. That's you know not even old white man. I'm talking about like Upper East Side, oh, yeah. Upper West Side. I'm not on that level yet. I'm, that, still, no, I'm, still, I mean, I'm still on my bro stage. Well, that's like the demographic of CBS Sunday Morning. Like, real talk. Oh, yeah. That's that's definitely... You know. that's the, that's the, I won't say Trump voter, but somebody no. who votes Trump... And lies about it afterwards. It feels really guilty. I mean, they really have like guilty. Rolex commercial yeah. advertisements, things like that. You know, it's just like you know, yeah. I, I like to put like my little like my, my corduroy sweater on and and, <laughs> and a pipe once kick, in a kick while. Back, you know, the loafers. Back with the loafers. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, like like none of that none of that stuff is like surprising to me. Um, you know, and look, I'm I'm it's glad to, I'm glad to see artists who like just doubles down on, on what they are <laughs> and and so trying to like change to fit some type of mold where they're not going to be seen as authentic they're going to be uncomfortable you know like yeah, I, look i know that taylor like had kendrick on like one of her tracks but you know that's probably the extent of like taylor's crossover into like pop and or hip-hop right yeah. you know like taylor's taylor swift is not drake Right, like she's not gonna like drop bangers like every five five like uh, every five minutes, you know. So, yeah, you know, it's what it is. Like I'm, I'm glad that she's kind of, you know, she's she's staying true to who she is, you know. And I think that's what her fans respect. So, yeah. So I'll be out there, you know, Thursday midnight, right outside my, I guess, Tower Records. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fly, I'll fly to Japan, go to the last Tower Records that exists basically in Asia. Bro, that, that's like surreal. I, yeah. I was in there. I've I been there before. Really? Yeah, wow. it's surreal. It's like 10 floors of CDs. The way. Yeah. And it's like, they like I was actually expecting a larger vinyl selection, and their vinyl selection is very small. Wow. Yeah. Like, it was crazy. It's it 10 floors of straight-up CDs. Insane. Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to go there now. I like a shrine. <laughs> I'll take my nieces and nephews. I'm like, look, this is what we used to listen to back in the day. I know, right? This, like, is, this is a museum of music. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. Look at this. This is a Red Man CD, guys. <laughs> There's a dark side. Do you realize how precious this is? Like, yeah, man. It's crazy. Ooh, it's crazy. It's insane. But uh, all right. So let me talk about new music. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm gonna talk about my my. You know, speaking, we're gonna we're gonna have compare and contrast here. Uh oh. You know, while you've got you know established rap acts, you know people who are well within who are within the culture, you know respected artists. I am gonna go for a younger cat. You know, somebody somebody who's a little more less. Let's say CBS Sunday Morning, more power. BET. Mm. <laughs> uh, Young Thug. Young Thug dropped an album. Um, his Technically, his first album, they're quote unquote. It's the weirdest rollout ever, by the way. So technically, this is his first, his first Stop album. Stop doing this, people! Yeah. Stop it's doing his, this. This is first Stop. album. Technically. Stop. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's technically this is his Stop. first album. It's called So Much Fun. Um, I like it, but I'll get into it also. But the reason why I even find that funny is because it's very 
and I guess I'll go into the review now. It's very low key. It's it's don't get me wrong. It's not a slow album. It's not a soft album. But it's not like there's any like heavy trap bangers. There's no angry trap drums. It's kind of like an album you could almost play driving around, like let's say Cali. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this. It's, I'm not gonna be like he doesn't talk about shooting you and fucking and fucking and quote unquote shots to the base god fucking your bitch. But it's something where at least <laughs> sonically, tonally, you know the the, the beats. Um, Pierre Leborn a lot of the beats, so it's not like you know because even like think about Dilit how. It's hitting, but it's not hitting heavy. Like it's yeah. not like it's an aggressive album. It's a fun album, but it's not aggressive. Yeah. And so that's what this is, kind of like even though Young Thug lyrically is kind of still stays in that trap realm, the music kind of lends itself to being a certain kind of way. The way he raps is not necessarily aggressive because it's almost that. Even even though here I'm gonna get to some of the flow changes, even the way he raps is not necessarily aggressive per se. It's, it's yeah. a fun little sing song flow. So in a weird way, this is probably for all these crazy albums and issues he's had, for all these you know like the tour for Tommy. Which, which um you told me Kwan, this is his first album. It's probably the most low key album he's got in his whole discography. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they do that so they can like get best new artists or yeah, something. Maybe I, I don't know. <laughs> this is it's like all right. This is the album we think is gonna cross over, so we'll we'll make this the official album. Yeah, yeah. Because dude has got like, if you have to be honest, he's got at least. I would even count his mixtapes mixtapes. Yeah. But he definitely has at least a good five official ass releases. Yeah. Period. Without capturing in the Piff era and all that. Yeah, other yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. So it's crazy for him to be on some like, yeah, this this 18th album of mine is my first real <laughs> album. But uh, to bring it back, like I said, it's, it's very low key. He's rapping on a high level. It's not anything like unique. It still stays the same, the same topic, but there's something cool about him kind of staying in his lane and just kind of like wrapping it out. It's doing it at, a, at basically, it's just a fun, relaxing, cool, chill, young thug album. It's cool also the fact that where there's a lot of dudes on there where, you know, you've got basically Gunna, you got Little Baby, not to be confused with the baby. <laughs> you've got Uzi Vert, you got, you know, 21 Savage. These dudes, and you know, some of the major, some of the minor got influenced by him. Yeah. And they're on they're on the tracks, they're rapping with him, and he kind of raps around them, but it's playful. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. And even the album itself is going back to the idea, like I said, it's kind of like most low key. You've got him and Future, like rapping, and I'm assuming an Australian accent and fucking Suckmate. Future. Future. Yeah, they're, they're friends again. And then you even have. I, I'm like, visibly shaking my head, people. <laughs> I know you can't see it at home. And like there's a song, uh, Cartier Gucci Scarf. We're literally, and it's awesome. So it starts off and he's doing the young, you know, young thug, you know, yap, 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 yap. And then there's a point where his voice kind of creaks a little bit, where you can tell if it's intentional or not intentional, but it gets a little deeper. Yeah. And he basically starts rapping the verse like Louis Armstrong. Like just literally just like that. So it's something where it's. it's it's just a cool album. It's it's a they chill. Had it's a vibe. Shrooms in that, yeah, in that recording oh, studio. Oh, it's it's oh the drugs, the heavy drugs involved. <laughs> and so if there's any flaws to it, is the fact of where, as usual, I feel like rap albums are either too long or too short. Yeah, this one's like 19 tracks. It's like fucking 60 minutes long. You know, it definitely could use some fat. Like there's, there's no clunkers per se, mm. but like I said, since it's kind of a vibe through the whole album, you didn't have to have everything there. If you cut a couple of songs out there, maybe made it like a nice 15, 14. No yeah, wouldn't miss shit. Yeah, but uh, it's it's great and it's cool to kind of see him return, particularly because uh, he has that song of oh, and most importantly, guess who, who executive produced it? By the way, who's the executive producer? Who? J Cole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, J Cole. Surprise! Yeah, J Cole's slowly turning turning himself into you know the coochie main <laughs> <laughs> of trap rap. But uh, so he's got a song on there. Speaking of which, um, the London, which is J Cole and Travis Scott, and it's basically. 
is doing decent on charts. It's like number 12, 13. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the only thing, it, it kind of reminds me a lot of Pick Up the Phone, which was that um tra- that last, I think, Travis Scott collab from like five years ago. Mm-hmm. It has a similar kind of vibe. Yeah. But like I said, it's cool to kind of see somebody like... Even though he's not a poor man, even though he's somebody who's made money, even though he's somebody who's popular, it's interesting to see like a lot of cats kind of blow by him because, you know, they kind of took his style and they kind of moved in certain kind of ways. Yeah. He's kind of stayed in his kind of very specific lane. Yeah. So it's cool for somebody in that in this stage of his career to kind of drop an album like this. And I just hope it does well and it's popular. Like it's 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 it's, it's fun. I kind of wish it dropped a little bit early in the summer, to be honest with you, because it kind of has that vibe to it. Yeah, that's cool. So that's, that's cool. I'll right, check it out. Yeah. Uh, cool. So let's talk about this album from dun, dun, this group dun, dun, because dun. I don't know. I, I felt like I wouldn't say threatened, but a certain person said that we should talk about this album in the podcast strongly, strongly, strongly. Insinuations evolved, but like didn't tell me. Told my wife, it's a mafia style, you know, like I, I know your family <laughs> type deal. <laughs> Um, so Little Brother um, dropped an album called May the Lord Watch Um, I guess it was a surprise album Uh, Fonte and Big Poo rapper Big Poo like like I follow Fonte on on Twitter and essentially I think like a few days before he's like hey like we have this like this album surprise bitches Um, (laughs) take that Taylor Swift (laughs) take that in your blonde hair so Look, Lil Brother is, you know, basically Big Pooh, Fonte, and Knife Wonder. Um, I would say they're the epitome of backpack hip-hop. Ooh. And that sounds like a slight, but I I don't feel... I don't know. It's just like, if there's a certain, like, type of person, and there's, there's a certain just, like... <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say without getting shot, but no, no, I get you. Know, you. Like, there's, there's, a, there's a demographic that that they play to, and yeah. there's a there's kind of like you know if you enjoy backpack hip hop, if you enjoy late night discussions around conscious hip hop, if you enjoy like digging in the crates for beats, if you enjoy if you ever if you ever went on a date where involved record group crate digging, <laughs> this yeah. record's for you. Yeah. If you if you like if you know you've like you know ghosted on a girl because like she like dissed I don't know like DJ Premier. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever watched Medicine for Melancholy, this is your album. Yeah, so like <laughs> like they have this demographic. Yeah. I feel and, and, and in their defense, I feel that I don't think it's and with Fonte, what's cool is a lot of these backpackery MCs. If you think about it, really, even though they held to a high esteem. They really have white taste. Like the whole holier than thou hip hop is really more of their fans than the actual artists themselves. The artists themselves are pretty much they love hip hop. You know they love they have they have better taste than their fans. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But you know, like so, Little Brother's been around. Um, I remember like they dropped the listening in two thousand two, which I think is probably still my favorite Little Brother album. Um, Chitlin Circuit was a really good album. And then they dropped The Minstrel Show in 2005, which I think started this whole like BET parody. It's like YBN or something like that, where they, they really kind of go really like at like the whole BET culture, which was kind of cool to do back in 2005. Um, but on this album, they kind of reintroduce that. That whole minstrel show con- concept, and you know, they they kind of update like 
the the topics with these skits, but it's the same kind of like we're making fun of BET. BET is corny. Um, I feel like in 2019 it comes off a little bit hotepish. Um, Ooh, the H word. I know. I'm gonna Ooh. get shot. I'm gonna get shot. Uh, I'm gonna be Afro Punk this weekend. People wanna like Ooh. like run up on me in the streets. You gotta take your dunks, man. Um, but look, having that said, like this album, if you love Little Brother, like this album is like literally just like dropping back into a whole pair of slippers. They don't really change much with their production, with their you know rhymes, with like the whole vibe. Reminds me of classic Little Brother. Like they're not trying update their style for 2019 they're not trying to do anything new they're literally just kind of doing like what like they've always done before i haven't had a chance to listen how's the beats i know ninth wonder isn't officially involved in the beat making. yeah but you know like production wise it seems the same like it's the same vibe like it's 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 it's, but that's hard though. I feel like, it, particularly 2019, it's hard to kind of have that warm, like head nod. They, it's all kind of warm yeah. head nod, head nod vibe music, you know, like like, and that's the thing that's very interesting too, because yeah, like, it's not like they they copied what Knife was doing, but they were able to emulate it to the point where it's almost seamless, where you don't even know that Knife Wonder is not really like doing a lot of the, the production for the group anymore. Um, and that's like a testament that that means that they've had like really good uh beat selection really good you know you know, just they have they have a formula it's not just some shit where they just kind of drop in here's some mb3s here's this rapidly rapping yeah here's an album yeah and you know they they they've always had a very unique vibe and that's why i think i really gravitated to little brother and then you know that's why a lot of people because their beats are they're not east coast boom bap you know, they're not like, you know, West Coast beats. They're not even like, you know, they're not definitely not down South beats. They're from North Carolina. But they have their own little like world and vibe that they've created. And they didn't disrupt that, which I think is really, really uh, impressive. You know, um, and I didn't really do like a huge deep dive into the, into the album, like listen wise. But it's literally just, you know, like it brought me back to 2002, 2005. It brought me back to like. You know that era. You smell and the triple five soul shirts. Yo, the LRG hoodie. You were like, <laughs> I'm about to go out. You know, I still have my triple five soul jacket. Ooh, like baby. I'm holding on that to that for that to, for dear life. Went like, online outside of the club for like 85 minutes. <laughs> or some Incredible Hulks for like 25 dollars a pop. Dude, 2000. Shit, that was a different era, man. 2002, 2003. Yeah. My God, that, that means almost 20 years ago. Yeah, I think. The, we, I think we're, that was uh, what's that throwback era? We were all wearing throwbacks in, in the club. Yeah, that was, yeah. A, that was a throwback era. That was like the the white tee era. White tee, just <laughs> cheesy. You know, and that's why, like, you know, like an artist like Little Brother. I'm not mad that they put out something like the Minstrel Minstrel Show because, like, at the time. Like this, like the throwback white tee, fifty cent, like you know, snap. <laughs> okay, it was ubiquitous. Snap era, yeah. like that was dominating like mainstream, uh, like radio, and we were still kind of trying to carve out our spaces on the internet for anything that wasn't that, for anything that's like alternative. Yeah. So I'm not, su- I'm not surprised that something like the minstrel show exists because 
I think when like the pendulum swung so far to that end, you know, you had to swing it back in some way. Yeah, and it, that's, that's their attempt to do that. Yeah, in, in a weird way, and it's going to sound a, a weird kind of comparison, but it's like punk music almost. Whereas the, the fact yeah. of where, and you know, I feel that in, uh, I feel that with like, let's say like, you know, in the, in the 90s, you definitely had, you know, literally it was gangster rap. You had, you had these genres, but you also had fucking Slum Village. You also had fucking weird Def Chucks. Yeah. You had all these weird, it was, and the thing is because it wasn't such a big, you know, there was, it was, I've, there were shows where you would have Wu-Tang and Tribal Quest playing the same exact show. Yeah. Which if you think about it, are two totally different groups. Like, we look at it now, and the said, oh, yeah, this is all 90s hip-hop, yada, yada, yada. But those are two totally different crowds. You know, you've got this yeah. one jazzy, not necessarily woke-woke, but somebody's a little more conscious. And you got Wu-Tang, where they'll be like, yo, fuck it, I'll, you know, don't fuck with, you know, chill out, you know, chill out, head bop, versus, like, mosh pit. Yeah. And so I think what's cool about Little Brother is the fact of where, you know, in that tradition where you had your tribal quest, then you had your slum village, you know, Dilla, and you had them kind of pick up the ball also. And, and like you said, I think it was needed at that time because I'm trying to think of, that was a, I won't say it was a wretched time of music because I did like, you know, I'm not going to front and say I didn't like 50 Cent and all the other stuff, but you're right. There was, it was a, it was desolate as far as anything's concerned. Yeah, it was, it was like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like it was the end times, uh, but this was like kind of pre-internet era. Like, I guess it was like kind of MySpace era, which, like I found the reprieve in like MySpace, um, but yeah, it's not like it is today where you can have a Tyler the Creator doing like weird shit uh, alongside like you know Young Thug, and like they can kind of coexist and they might jump on each other's tracks like like that didn't exist back in that time. So yeah, I mean this album's a throwback. It's 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 nothing new. Like even though like you know like the production is, it, you know Knife Wonder's not affiliated and the production has changed, I guess, on, on, like, the back end, but, like, like sonically, it's, it's the same little brother you, you know and love. Um, you know, like, rhyme, like, like, lyrics rhyming, you know, like, like, Fonte hasn't missed a step, even though, like, he's been doing a lot of foreign exchange stuff. Foreign exchange, but he also know. has solo stuff. Like, one thing you have to give Fonte props to is he's somebody where he's, it's, it's cool seeing an artist grow. Oh yeah, yeah, no, and definitely, it's like, definitely. Like, even when I saw him on Open Mic Eagle, they have the, he has that show where it's just like it's a comedy show and they have comedians yeah. and then they have skits or the skits are really music videos and he, yeah, yeah. And he was in one. Like Fonte's had a great career of just kind of growth and it's like it's it's cool to see and like and I hate to say it because it kind of sounds like I'm demeaning the the, the art form, but in hip hop, there's an idea of you have to kind of look cool, you have to look this, you know, there's there's no musical growth. It's like all right, I just have to keep being quote unquote dope. You know, have to keep on being yeah. quote unquote. This has to be dope production, dope rhymes, yada yada yada. Well, Fonte, you kind of see him grow as an artist, where it's like this song concepts there. You know, it's not just like, all right, oh. I'm gonna take these top ten beats, my top ten rhymes, put them together, and that's it. Oh no, like Fonte is versatile as fuck. Yeah. Like you know, again, like he has little little brother, and he has foreign exchange, which you know, story off is kind of like you know more like ephemeral R&B and then now I think they're doing a lot more kind of like almost like Chitlin Circuit Review <laughs> like live band you know like their their shows now are like mad lit and Fonte is like kind of like reprising this kind of like classic R&B sound so he can jump jump from you know ephemeral R&B to like you know classic R&B kind of like almost James Brownish R&B soul then jump back into Little Brother something he's been doing for like 20 years so he's versatile as fuck awesome. like like he's very 
But yeah, no, I I I have mad respect for Fonte, um, and I have mad respect for what they're doing. Um, yeah, like like I said, I'm not I'm not. There's no diss with here. Like I think this is a really solid album. It brought me back to a place that you know, again, like I haven't I haven't been in that place in like 15 years. And yeah, if you're a fan, then you'll like it. Um, you know, it, like I said, like I I I say, give everything a try. If you're not a fan, or if you have have thoughts about Older Brother. Uh, but I'm just glad to see like they haven't changed. Like they haven't like tried to update their sound. They haven't tried to I don't know do like a young thug feature or something like that. You know, like that's not who they are. Mm-hmm. And just like Taylor Swift, bringing it back to bringing it back, bringing it back. Oh damn! Look at you that. Know? <laughs> like like they 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 have their lane. They know their lane, and they're going to sit in it. And yeah. Something to be said about that. I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy the same. I mean, I mean we've changed because Lord knows I wore way too many bootcut jeans back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> My I style. Don't know what I was doing in oh, like that was, era. It was horrendous. I, I think was, I, was, I, I was proudly shopping at Aldo shoes on some like, yo, look at me, bro. I went from like like being a almost like uh you know like triple five stole and then i had like a couple years i was trying to be like white hipster with like loud <laughs> yellow ass t-shirts oh just... <laughs> like with stussy and Durkle and like all these like hipster brands <laughs> and i'm like i'm looking back at my photos i'm like what was i doing oh i i, I had a weird like i don't say rock phase i used to wear a blazer with like fucking like like buttons on it like little <laughs> punk buttons <laughs> I was trying to be my little, again, my little proto, you know, dip. I had my little con. So it was like, I'm dipping my foot into hipsterdom, but not 100%. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like half hipsterdom, half black geek Comic Con. You know, yeah. That was my steez. Yeah. But now we're just old and washed watching CBS in the morning. Oh, bro. I, I have boat shoes. You know what I'm saying? Kombucha uh, life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm I, out here. I sold all my sneaks. I used to have like all the Air Force Ones. I sold Ooh. them all. I had the the Bad Brains van. Sold that nah, on eBay. Man, you got to pass it down to your kids. It's like a fucking heirloom. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's too it's, late it's, now. It's, those are black Rolexes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's like here you are, son. They did lots of dunks. Look, Yeezys in good health. And on that note, on that note, people, thanks for hanging out with us as yeah. we wax poetic on our Taylor Swift fan podcast. Look, if you're you're a true fan, if you hang, you start with Taylor Swift and you didn't delete it, and then you stay with us to little brother, and you got the young thug in the middle. Well, That's a true fan. There's there's somebody true fan. I feel like we're being very you know putting people in boxes. I'm pretty sure there's some Swifties out there who who rock all three. You know what I'm saying? No, you know definitely definitely you know, who's, but, who's out there. You know, showing you know, love. It's, de- it's dedication. You know what it's I'm dedication. Saying? The, the, little Taylor Swift at a job. You know. A little young thug in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> a little little brother in the sheets. Oh. Ah. Although I guess I'd rather, I don't know. Maybe more little young thug in the streets. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're, we're the young thug. Like, don't leave I'm out young thug. i think of what. It's just like, I mean, it's, he's a little androgynous. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a lot of sexual talk there. It might be. I'm trying to think of what's a better sex. Like, like if you had to play sexy time, young thug or little brother? It depends. It depends. Though. Yeah. Like you gotta play little brother for a specific set of like <laughs> partner, let's yeah. say. And a young but, thug too. It's just like you can't be like, you know, you're out there, you know, you're dating a high powered lawyer, you know, you out, you know, go a little, you know, you can't you can't take it to PF Chang. It's gotta do a little bit something a little more indie, nice Italian place, you come home and all of a sudden it's just like fucking, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what happens with that. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Audience out there, 
Let us know your sex songs. <laughs> Give us some feedback. Feedback on sex songs. <laughs> we should have a sex song podcast, actually. We should. We should actually here. I'm calling it out. Valentine's Day. No love songs, sex songs. Okay. The, the best, the best fucking songs, fucking albums, actually. Ah, fucking, fucking, fucking. Mm. Albums of songs. If you like songs. I mean. We'll figure it out. We got time. Yeah, we got time. Yeah. Anyway, enough of wasting your time. Thanks, guys and gals, for listening. We will see you next week. Peace.